CFD's weekly greatest podcast in the world. Welcome back to another episode. It's a sunny day here in London. Uh, I've spent the morning trying to get a new passport, um, which was kind of like witnessing the end of Western civilization for, for various reasons. But um, today we're not talking about the end of uh, Western civilization. We're talking about uh, copy trading, which is uh, something that cropped up recently because of, a, of an ESMA document. And um, I covered this in, in the newsletter probably by the time this goes out a week ago uh, and almost deliberately didn't go into much detail because I knew this was going to happen. So I'm joined by uh, James Lawrence, who is the founder of Enigma Strategy. So James, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, maybe maybe to kick off, can you talk a bit about yourself and what Enigma does and then we can move into uh, copy trading stuff? Yeah, sure, David. Thanks for having me. Enigma Strategy uh, was founded in 2019 early 2020 or 2019 then we became directly authorized in 2020 um, as a retail investment advisor for securities so that was our focus nothing to do with derivatives however my background is CFDs so we started at ODL Securities 2008 worked for a couple of other brokers before setting up uh, my own business and that was more specializing within training and education and then met my business partner, started talking about the way the world should be and the way that um, financial markets um, could be better served and decided to set up Enigma. So as I say, we started as an investment advisor. Uh, a couple of years ago now, so 2021, we then applied for our discretionary retail permissions, which is um, can be a form of copy trading. Uh, it was, took us about a year to get those permissions. Um, probably got them about a year ago now. And that's not just limited to securities. So securities and derivatives, all forms of. Um, and that probably brings us up to today and what we're going to be discussing, I think. Great. Yeah. So um, I mean, let, let, let's get started just in quite a, quite a simple ways what actually is copy trading I mean, how, how do you is there is there a precise well, definition for copy trading or is yeah it a... I, I don't, sadly i don't think so i don't think there's a single definition it's not you can go to um Invistopedia, for example i don't think yet yeah, and and you know uh, copy and paste that into maybe chat uh GDT at some point might, might come up with a theory on it um yeah. It depends what lens you look at and from who you're looking. So, so if you're a compliance officer, for example, you might have, um, call it a theory. Uh, if you're a, a trader, you might have another. If you're an investor, then you might have another. But ultimately, and and, and by the way, you know, I'm I'm no, um, well, I, I wouldn't want to sit here and almost dictate the way that copy trading should be. And it, it, it is a different vehicle in different forms but in the truest sense it is and, and rightly so from what was pointed out into uh, the SMO publication which is it's portfolio management um, I understand it's discretionary management they call it portfolio manager I, I describe it as investment management it's all one of the same thing um, it, it for me it has three forms um, first one being uh advisory so investment advice so so the actual or signal actually it's referred to within the document so if you're transmitting or sending a signal um that can be seen or is seen as a as a form of copy trading so but the, um, the, the signal 
um, comes from, I call it a strategy provider, right? A signal is sent, has to be sent from somewhere. There, there is a, um, an individual, a company that, that, that sends that strategy, oh, sorry, sends that signal. That signal has to form part of a strategy. Uh, I very much doubt any trader or distributor is able just to willy-nilly send signals. In, in actual fact, I think some of them just do that. But, but let, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, let, let, let's hope it, it it does form part of a, 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 of a strategy. Um, so if you were just to send a signal, and that signal uh, without any um, intervention from the investor, so it was able just to go straight onto your trading account, open a position and then close the position, um, that that is discretion because there's no um, conduit in between. It's not an execution only arrangement. So the customer isn't manually typing in those log um, uh, that um, data entry, so putting in their stop loss, take profits, etc. Uh, so it's not an execution only basis. Where it gets slightly call it confusing, it, is it an advisory arrangement? So so a signal if if it's not automatically sent to a um onto a let's say an mt4 mt5 you can through an ea create um uh let's say an alarm so an alarm will pop up and it will say dear mr trader um this is the data points uh would you like to accept this trade yes or no so so the customer then has or the investor has then the option to say yes or no to it so in that form that's not recognized as a regulated activity, their data points. The slight variation in that is if someone was to recommend that signal, so then let's sort of move that out a bit. So rather than just data points, dear Mr. So-and-so, we've looked at the market, we strongly recommend that X, Y, and Z because of X, Y, and Z. That's recommendation, that's advice, right? That's no, no way of getting out of that. Now, advice is not trading from an execution only arrangement it's not trading on a discretionary basis for me it sort of lives in the middle um now from an advisory point of view you still have to do suitability to the customer right you, you can't sort of just say to the customer um is this appropriate for you it's, it's not good enough you you need to understand more about the financial situation of the individual their knowledge and experience the attitude to risk etc that also forms part of um, a discretionary arrangement. So the signal is the first sort of form of copy trading because it's, it, it sort of is a little bit of a, a gray area and it's it's only gray because the customer has the option and it's in what form that signal is sent. And, and again, is it a discretionary basis? Is it on a um, advisory basis? So that's the first form. Second form is social trading, right? So social trading yeah, I'm no historian. I know it's been around for some time. Um, it's it's not widely used, right? It's not like actually thinking about this the other day, thinking about social traders. We know all of the incumbent firms that offer it. You know, you can't walk down London without seeing them on the side of a taxi or something, right? But BlackRock don't offer social trading. So in its truest form, is it a sustainable investment uh, or an, an investment model? In my opinion, it, it isn't because in the investment universe, or let's just specifically within derivatives, would you put your customer into, because that's what you're saying here. So when you're acting as an investment manager, it's you that have the discretion to 
decide what to ultimately do with your customer. Do, do you put them into a social trading asset? Do you offer them uh, a, a more of a vanilla fund because their attitude to risk isn't where it should be, just as a quick example. So that that's why, you know, there's it's not widely available, right? Every, every investment firm in the UK, you know, doesn't do that. So I think if as an investment manager or an investment house, you do that, you absolutely have to own that. That needs to be your product market. So you need to say, okay, this is all that we do. And we're not, we're not trying to compete with the Black Rocks of the world. But what we're saying is, if uh, you pass our suitability checks, you can copy other traders. And, and I think that, so this is the social part. And it, for me, it very much comes down to the the social, so the company that has the, the social trading tools, what does that platform look like, right? How um, comprehensive is it? Is it something that, and, I, and some of them are available, right? It's not, not to say that I'm going to absolutely ridicule social trading because some companies have done really well to create really comprehensive platforms that would go into almost like a sliding scale. So how much leverage can I put? We all know, you know, um, CFDs, 1 to 30 in Europe, UK. So you could put a, a sliding scale and, you know, all of the crazy strategies that are up 300% in three weeks, you know, probably not going to be trading on um, 1 to 500 leverage as, as a large majority are, right, or at least 1 to 100, 1 to 100 plus. So you've got these... Um, almost a disconnect between different social platforms. And, and that's very much down to the company in itself. Um, you know, there's guidelines, but there's not rules. It's not a rules-based approach on, on types of copy trading, but regulated institution, there's, there are some guidelines. Um, not specifically on the platform itself. That's obviously a form of technology. So just going back to my point, though, so you've got the, you know, the leverage piece. There's a sliding scale. You've got um, performance. I thought a really interesting point, actually, within the ESMA document, which I also note, um, isn't anything new, right? This isn't ESMA released a new, um, a new policy, a new legislation. Uh, legislation. This actually came out. They even, you know, referred to it. This was first sort of brought around in 2012. So, you know, over 10 years ago, I guess they just felt the need to to sort of re-stamp, um, I guess, the authority to say, look, what what's sort of going on here. It, some, something isn't quite right and I think one of the big takeaways that I had is the marketing piece it, it, again is a disconnect but one, one of the major pieces was the on, on the performance where they would say look if you've got you, if you're showing performance you have to have uh, five years if it's not if you don't have five years then it's got to be a, a 12 month period now the reason I say that is because you go on to a, a social trading aspect um, the strategy providers, this is what I call them, or the traders that essentially can allow other people to copy, you will find it very hard to find uh, a trader, a social trader, that trades on 1 to 30 and that has more than a 12-month track record. There may be a handful, one or two, right? It's just, it doesn't happen. So because that doesn't happen, um, because the large majority of um is blow up, right? That's yeah, they blow up exactly. Exactly right, right. So you try, you, yeah, you got it. So, so, so that's why it's a bit. So, from a from a commercial perspective, let's say from the platform provider, they're, they're it's not effective for them. So they don't. So a lot of social trading tools won't have this mechanism in place to allow you to sort of scroll through the most efficient. I mean, even if it 
isn't is the most efficient it's actually the most accurate directionally accurate and correct like you shouldn't be able to search for um social traders that are trading on one top um 500 leverage or even one to 100 leverage because when you copy that strategy on your one to could be one to one right it could be one to 20 or your maximum leverage of one to 30 here in the uk or in europe yeah. it is not going to be a true representation of the rock and roll strategy that's trading um you know in the st vincent's at one to 500 yeah you, you know so, so that's always i've always had that issue with social trading and the ability to correctly um create a level playing field let's say so for... just to just to interrupt for a second so yeah. what what is the distinction between social trading as you're because because what you're describing sounds to me very similar to copy trading right in fact it's like there's almost no difference so like what's the, what's the distinction between what well, you're describing so... and say just like that basically yeah, mimicking... no, no. You, yeah. you've, you made a valid point. I mean, that, that literally was, was um, I was going to go on to sort of the third point, which is in its truest form, copy trading, which, which um, you know, I, I, I'm a big supporter of. I, I think it holds water. I think there's a lot of traction. I, you know, if you look at um, funds as an example, and if you look at the net asset value of, of a fund after it's paid its exchange fees and its morning star and, it's other costs. The net asset value of that performance is going to um, shrink significantly. If you look at copy trading, where you're able to utilize um, the technology of the um, custodian that you're using, um, you remove a lot of the cost um, from providing a strategy into the market. So your, so your NAV against what a fund NAV would be would be um, a lot less, and then therefore the performance would be greater. So I think, and it's like I say, in its truest form, copy trading, it's pretty, not only that, but it's it's also quite or very transparent. If you, again, not to say that a fund isn't an on exchange fund is very transparent, but the customer has the ability to log into its account, be it on a read only basis, and to see uh, its trading activity, its open P and L, closed P and L. Uh, if it's not happy at any point, you would like to think uh, there'll be a quick turnaround, even speaking to the investment manager, cancelling the investment management agreement, or going to the broker and cancelling the um, power of attorney. So that control mechanism is also, that, that's it in its true form copy trading. You're essentially copying another trader. But, it, so where, it diff, where it's slightly different from social trading, anyone can jump onto social trading. You can follow anyone. That's, you know, biggest frustration I have is you go on Instagram and you've got some dude and he's driving around in his five oh, Ferraris and he's got 12 watches <laughs> on his wrist and and he's in Dubai, of course, and uh, follow me, come and watch me, you know, I'll make you a millionaire, you just got to deposit a couple of grand, yeah. you know, and you, you can do that from a social perspective um, and you know, let, let's, not, um, let's not also ignore the fact that why they're doing that, they're actually paid a, a rebate from the broker uh, you know, in the UK, you've got to be regulated to do a dealing and arranging activity. But if you're doing it offshore from an offshore broker, um, you know, you probably get away with paying these individuals. It, anyway, so, so I have a little bit of an issue with how social trade it or how how the network effect works with um, magnating customers onto the platform. Yeah. How, how in its truest form, um, copy trading is different is that if you have an investment manager, i.e. someone like Enigma, so we do what's called a due diligence questionnaire. So we can um, 
we bring on, we don't call them signal providers, we call them strategy providers, right? So in a controlled and compliant fashion, the activity of a strategy provider in themselves does not amount to a regulated activity, right? Where, where the sort um, regulated activity comes in is where the strategy provider gains a relationship with the um, underlying customer and then brings on that customer underneath what's dealing and arranging onto that platform. So they're essentially saying, yeah, look, come and follow me. That, that, that's a regulated activity. If you're just a strategy provider and you're, you're, you've got no relationship with the direct customer, um, that, that's how our model would work, where the customer comes, sorry, the strategy provider comes on, completes a due diligence questionnaire. We then fact check that, stress test that, look at you know the models and if we're comfortable with it, we'll offer that out. But what I would say is that so we've been doing it this for well over a year, and we've had over a hundred applications for well over a hundred applications on our DDQ, and we've passed one. So one strategy provider yeah, has, has got the track record. You know, it's got a bit of a drawdown, but it comes with it. it's the nature of derivative trading or CFD trading by nature. Um, you, you know, it is a little bit rock and roll. Um, yeah. That's the nature of the market, right? Volatility. So. Yeah, I mean, that that's where we are. So, sorry, just once again, without trying to repeat myself, copy trading in its truest form, as an investment manager that is um, someone like ourselves that can't afford the costs that a fund can, um, would require, uh, not only the setup fee, but the running cost, copy trading makes sense for us because we don't have that outlay. And that's where copy trading suits us really well. Not only that, but the brokers will accommodate you, they'll provide you, with the technology, um, and then you can go to market. So yeah, that's the three forms for me of copy trading. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So c- can you talk a bit about how the sort of the setup in terms of relationship between there's the cut there's obviously a customer who's investing in the strategy, yeah. and there's you the investment manager, and then there's actual strategy provider. Yeah. So the, I mean, who is what's the sort of liabilities so on on your end i mean and like how is yeah, it so so like and like how are the i think something that just looking at this briefly um it's a kind of a rabbit hole and what one of the things that's still not really clear to me is if you're um let, let's say there's a there's a company that is very that um is you know all, almost all the brokers or a lot of brokers are using uh to offer this service um yeah. so in that case it's almost like there's four parties right because you have um, the customer, the broker, the actual broker. Then you have the strategy provider, and then you have the, the other company that's yeah, offering it, offering the the copy trading. So I mean, let's say yeah. I, I like, how how does that work basically? Because that that yeah, it doesn't really well. So so yeah, I mean, look, quite honestly, I'm happy to be proved wrong, but it doesn't. It's not effective socially. That's socially where 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 the difference on the copy on the I'm going to call it a, a traditional copy trading, social trading advisory or yeah. signal social traditional where the traditional sense you you don't have that fourth part so let um the strategy provider or, or the social from a social perspective the social trader can connect share ideas speak with the investor then you've got the investment manager that's sort of sticking his nose in a little bit um trying to control things and then you've got the broker just trying to offer as much as they can because they're the you know they're the custodian, let's, let, let's say. The traditional sense, the strategy provider never speaks to the investor. 
who have no direct relationship with one another. They're not allowed to onboard. Uh, they are solely that. They're a strategy provider. Yeah. From a traditional sense, once again, the customer has a two-way relationship with the investment manager, i.e. Enigma Strategy, and another one with the broker. So the, the investor at any one stage is, is only speaking to the investment manager and the broker. They're not speaking with the strategy provider ever in, in any circumstance. Yeah. Now, that's a better way that you can control the process. And I, and, and I tell you, the main reason why it comes down to suitability. How, how, how do you ensure... I mean, this is, you know, this is derivative trading, right? It, it's, you should, retail customers um, shouldn't, um, in, unless they can afford in their, and it's appropriate for them to do so, should be copy trading or trading CFDs as a whole, right? You, you know, go and open um, an ISA account. To go, go, go and do something, you know, let's say you've got all of that. The point I'm getting to, is where you're a retail broker and you're advertising to the mass retail client or a, a, a mass retail customer on billboards and everywhere, you sort of, I have to question, where is the methodology behind that? Because a retail customer that comes in to trade copy trading, I don't know what the default rates are, but you, you would hope that those default rates would be high because... That customer, to be suitable for that investment, has to meet the financial situation, previous knowledge and experience, the trading history, also a high attitude to risk. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, you walk down the street, I, I people, t especially in this sort of climate, if you like, tend to be pretty risk adverse. Um, not, not, not everyone, but therefore that default rate should be quite significant. Now, what seems to me to be happening is... Broker seems to have money, wants to do some marketing, has a pretty vanilla setup, has the MT4, same as every broker. Where's the magnet? How are they going to be create marketing differentiation? Okay, how I'll tell you how they're probably going to be able to do it is by putting almost billboard signs out saying, come and follow this guy and make 5,000% in a week. That, that's really buying into people's uh, inflation concerns, employment concerns. Oh, I'll just follow this guy and make 5,000%. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, let's go and do that. But where the disconnects and, and actually my frustration comes in is firstly, you know, is the broker a charity? Are they just doing that because, you know, it's a feel-good factor. They're really confident in this 5,000. You know, I'm making an example, right? 100% strategy and... And do you know what? They're just, they're going to, that marketing spend, that's, that's a charity, you know, they're going to sort of pass that off. Of course they're not, they're commercial business. How are they able to do that? Well, they do that through um, a JV arrangement, a joint venture arrangement. And I think, you know, sort of <laughs> the large majority of people use Pelican. Of course, you know, the Pelican, if you get, again, I try to bore too many people here, but Pelican aren't actually a principally regulated investment manager that they're, they're an AR so it's an appointed representative of a which is a, another company called London and Eastern so all I'm trying to get to is quite a mouthful that I'm so, so you've got Pelican on one hand you've got London and Eastern you've got a broker you've got the platform you know yeah. where where does it end and you can see the confusion that that could lead to to, to a customer and you, you sort of question the logic that why a broker that doesn't have the permissions is promoting on the on the behalf of another entity. Um, of course, they're doing it because they want, in my opinion, they're doing it because they want 
customers to go onto their platform, trade, and that will then generate them income. But let me just sort of pull that to one side and just go a bit more into suitability because brokers aren't required to um, do suitability um, because they're not offering a discretionary or advisory service or um, uh, providing an execution-only service. That means that they need to ensure that a customer is appropriate, not suitable. So, you know, suitable appropriateness, for example, doesn't take into employment, doesn't matter. It doesn't take in if they're retired, doesn't um, take into their financial situation, their attitude to risk. So what? So let's imagine a customer comes in and they're doing lots of advertising. A customer comes into that broker and goes, right, I want this 5,000%. How do I get it? And the broker says, oh, look, by the way, we just do appropriateness. We're just a platform, mate. Um, you're going to have to go and speak to these guys. That's what you would hope would happen, at least. And that they, they would act as a conduit. And then that customer goes to the investment manager. The investment manager does the suitability. If they pass suitability, they go back to the broker. Now, I, earlier I said, well, this is a high-risk investment. Every retail customer shouldn't be passing you going into copy trading. So can you imagine when you're doing this huge amount of marketing and there should be quite a significant default rate? Well, imagine you come through that magnet to that broker. The investment manager is doing the job correctly. He goes back and says to the broker, look, thanks for doing my marketing for free. However, this guy didn't pass suitability. Does the broker say, sorry, mate, you've got to go. Um, Come back next time. Or do, now I don't know this, right? I'm, 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 you know, I'm throwing out ideas. Or does the broker say, "Yeah, I tell you what, it's that bad news that is. Why don't you actually just trade on our platform and learn how to trade? Be the best, be the best self that you can be. Like, go, go yeah. on to YouTube and learn, man. You've got this. Uh, not, not sort of really telling the customer. By the way, look at my statistics on my website." 87% of you guys lose money. But look, let's forget about that. That's by the by. You failed here. Start learning how to trade. That's probably what's happening, isn't it? And then that poor individual that at one time is say, saw an advert saying he's going to make thousands of percent and someone's going to help him and do it for him is now sat with a platform that he doesn't know how to use. Uh, what does he do next? He's going to try to learn how to trade. He's going to try to trade. Statistically, it's not going to work out for him, is it? And, and that's my biggest frustration. And, and for me, from, from spending a fair amount of years in this market, I, I'm pretty certain that makeup is happening. And if I haven't described that as cleanly as I should have done, then I'm happy to answer any further questions and anyone can email me uh, about that and I'll give you more detail. And that's why ESMA are, are fed up again, in my opinion. It seems that they're pretty mad at the moment. There's a lot more to it unpicked than that and I'm, I might be being a little bit disingenuous to companies that are just trying to act commercially but if you're going to act commercially do it in the correct fashion um yeah. that that would be my point of view i mean there's some other stuff though that i still find slightly confusing and maybe this is just because i'm amazed that there isn't it isn't regulated so one of the things you spoke about at the beginning yeah. was on um signal providers and i've always looked at signal providers and just been amazed that they're able to 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 do basically to, to do anything right because if i yeah. think of the work i do in my sort of day job uh which is like marketing listed funds or mm. if i think of my previous job which was at a, a retail um stockbroker like there's no way we've been able to there's just no way we would have been able to say that yeah. stuff like it, i mean if if, if at any even if even if i was saying something negative you know don't buy 
something. Yeah. Uh, don't maybe Tesla is not worth like every other car company com- combined. Mm. Then you would have to caveat everything with with sort of, and trying to make it balance and yeah. and and so with the with the signals, I just find it crazy that the that like, how that can't be regulated. It's, I mean, if um, it's yeah, tell me about it. it gives the industry a bad name, quite frankly. When you when you see and again, I'll go back to the Instagram almost analogy where you yeah follow my signals and X Y and Z. Um, a lot of these signal providers and you know just just to yeah, I mean ultimately. This, a signal in itself isn't a, a regulated instrument, right? So where you're looking at future CFDs, options, securities, collective investment, no, these are all regulated instruments. This signal isn't one of them. So, so that's where almost the opportunity for signal providers comes in, when they can go, oh, yeah, it's not regulated. No, as soon as you advertise and you um, promote and you uh, make arrangements for, it's a regulated activity. You know, not so the so the instrument in itself isn't uh, regulated, but but um, how you go around um, magnating that signal to um, consumers, if you like, that, that that's very much a regulated activity. So, yeah, well, that but the thing is, you would so the, the the way I understand it, right, is that you can go, oh, well, it's just. It's just a signal. Like it was, uh, it's, a, it's just a signal, bro. But if yeah. you, if you, if you, uh, yeah. if you, but if you, like, why would you send a signal unless you were telling someone to do that? Right. Tell me about it. But then you could say, you could, you could sort of say, why does the FT write? Because what, are the, what's there? You know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, where, do, where does it end? So if you, you know, education, for example, you could say financial education should be regulated because look at. You know the the depths of what you need to that you're being advised on to understand financial yeah. markets, right? So, yeah, I think I, look, I think it's a very difficult job for especially for the regulator. Because, and, and and not only that, but you it, it's digital transformation, right? Very low barrier to entries to to become a multimillionaire signal provider. You you know it takes you five minutes to open up an Instagram account, yeah, and you know and you're away, and then. You go and try and hunt these guys down. It, it takes two minutes to shut the account down. So it's, yeah, it's neither in the haystack, I think. But yeah, I hope that yeah. answers. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, but it's definitely yeah, part of the problem. Mm. Um, I think I think another thing that I find interesting about what you've described, right, is that so the the way you've you've talked about how you your strategy set up, mm. um. It, to me, it feel, almost feels like a mini hedge fund or something like that, the way you, or like a, just a smaller fund manager, something like that, because you have all of the, I, I mean, I, I've seen if you go on your website, right, you can see you have almost like key information document, fact sheet type yeah, yeah. things. And it looks it looks a lot like a, just a regular fund. Um, yeah. But then I would say the strategy is probably a bit more complicated than, you know, what the average retail investor would get with something like, a, I don't know, just like, global equities fund or something like that um but then the way the way the, the ability for people to access some of these products right so yeah. firstly there's two sides of it so one is that uh on the broker side like there's no that they, they, a lot of the time and this isn't true across the board because i see like eToro doesn't do this eToro i think is actually very is, it does this quite well um relative to a lot of others um and and some and uh yeah some there's a couple of others that don't do it but like in terms of they don't put any a lot of car brokers don't put any kind of um 
risk limits on what you're doing, then well, the, so, cus- the customer coming in also has no risk limits. On well, what doing. Right. so so this 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 comes down to suitability, and, and this is where the again it's big disconnect here, um, and it's slightly outside of the scope of purely copy trading. But yeah, if you look at um, someone that comes in to a DFM or an investment manager, you have to do suitability. You have to look at the financial situation of that individual. When you go to a broker, you don't. You just the broker just needs to say, is he appropriate to trade? There's then you know even in gambling right if if you've got a if you've got if you've got uh, someone that doesn't know when to stop and keeps going back and back and back they they even you know stop it and say look enough's enough call down we'll ban you block you you know whatever as far as I'm aware that doesn't happen you, if you pass appropriateness which is pretty light touch you know multiple choice question you can go onto the platform. Because it's X only, you're trading by yourself, um, you know, at your leisure, if you like. It's it's almost known to be an enjoyment platform. So, you know, yeah. you go onto the go onto the broker, pass appropriateness. You know, as far as I'm aware, and there may well be, and I hope I hope there is brokers that put some controls in place to say, all right, you lost ten grand today or something. Um, it, well, trading's probably not for you. I looked at your statement over the past six months, and, <laughs> and you're doing yourself. <laughs> You've no lost favor. all your money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that happens, unfortunately, because it's it's, it's suitability, right? You know, it, and and not only that. I mean, this is another one as well. You get, get me started now, but um, CFDs is not on exchange; it's OTC, right? It's over the counter. You're facing a broker, and then so so when uh, a broker is a market maker, hedges out, whatever. You know, <laughs> let's you know how that customer's being. Oh, no, I'm not saying that the customer wouldn't be treated fairly. I'm sure that they would be, but yeah. the, it's the broker doesn't have any the incentives are bad. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the sort of issue yeah. with that model. But but the the, the point I was, was going to make, right, is um, if I think about you can you can look at say um, certain hedge fund type structures in the UK. I think. Off the top of my head, I think OD Asset Management is one of them, right? You can't access, as far as I'm aware, you cannot invest in a lot of strategies that he runs unless you're like a pro investor. So that's that's one side of it. That that only might be that he's got professional only permissions, though. So you need to have a lot. I I don't know this company, forgive me, but but that only just may be that they don't have retail permissions. Um, No, but but my point was going to be that, like, I think there's a lot of structures like that. They're they're big funds, and, and then so. So from a customer point of view, they're quite restrictive in terms of who they'll actually allow to invest. And then yeah. on, the, on the actual fund management side, they have yeah. pretty clear um, restrictions in terms of how much risk they're allowed to take. So yeah, so you, you have can't, correct. So so but what's so what's crazy to me, right, is that you have these that sort of structure, which is probably less risky and less complicated than a lot of the random. Well, uh, social yeah. trading things that are being offered, right? And, it, it, but the level of restrictions on them are way yeah. lower. <laughs> so, so if you look, I know it's, it's, it is crazy. You're absolutely right. I mean, I make the same, you know, I've got the same feeling. I mean, if you look at, like you say, an invest, investment manager that's trading vanilla products, right, non-derivative products, and that barrier to entry for, for an investor to go on is really, really high. And then if you look at a derivative, CFD derivative, um, you, you would expect that also to be all more significant barrier to entry because of the nature of um, derivative trading or, or CFDs. And it's the opposite. The barrier to entry seems very low, uh, very open to everyone. 
And um, not, you know, it's not to, again. It's not to say that if, if you pass suitability and you're appropriate for it, go go and do it. But it's my always concern is how many people are slipping through that net that shouldn't shouldn't be traded that that genuinely just should go and open up, um, go and go and get some premium bonds. You, you know, that's, yeah, you know, tra- trade a funds that's got. You know that that's at least on exchange, right? So, so you know, like I say, CFDs, it's OTC. It's not you're not you're not on exchange. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of issues there to unpick. I, I think probably um, probably over a beer next time, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the the frustrating thing is, and I wrote this, is that in theory, this is actually a really interesting area because if you look at, um, you know, again, I think if you look at say a, 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 some of the bigger guys on eToro who are doing some kind of copy trading or whatever whatever they have social trading i don't know but uh the, the level of transparency i would say is actually higher than if you have a normal fund right like you you you, you can see their performance over like five five years plus it's quite simple to see that you can see exactly what they're holding you can see their position sizes mm. um and it's like all update I, I mean i could be wrong but like all updated live and and in some way, yeah. and so and and then you look at how much money some of those people have under copy or under yeah. management. I don't know what you call it. Um, like, and they they are basically small size funds, right? They're like sixty million or something like that. So it is. Yeah. A, it's a, what's what's kind of annoying is that it's actually a, a quite an interesting area. Like I think what you're doing is really interesting, but yeah. it's but it's also being, I guess, abused. No, no, I, I, I agree. It holds water. I, I absolutely. I've said to you before, the, the actual mechanics of it, the transparency and visibility of it, absolutely holds water. It's um, you know, almost take off my care of, of the client hat away, which always does concern me. And then you put on my sort of investment management square hat that says, I mean, f- funds um, on exchange funds um, ca- can be limited. You need you need subscriptions X, Y, and Z to be able to access a lot of data. Bloomberg will be helpful, um, but but. Yeah, on the on the CFD side, as a retail customer, you get a lot of access. I mean, it, it's it's pretty good, and 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 it can be it, it can be very efficient, and um, this it's definitely sustainable. It's just um, how it's being treated. I think the mechanics of it. I mean, just going back to why we're speaking on the, this is the ESMA um, paper and some of my frustrations that that I put out here and there. Um, it just could be done in a better fashion um it's really easy to pick holes though isn't it um but you know that's where yeah. i am with it <laughs> yeah cool well james uh thanks very much for, for, for taking time to, to speak about this and hopefully it was useful for everyone um to listen so yeah try again soon cheers david take care